Let's get right into the slate. We're talking the Friday slate. Um, it's a 14-game slate on FanDuel and DraftKings, I believe. The first game we're going to start off with is Cincinnati in Philadelphia. Looks like uh, Zach Eflin is coming back, and he's facing Tyler Mele. Um, how do you see this game playing out here You know, as one of the first games of the slate? We're playing in Philadelphia. It's a hitter's park. you got two righties. you got... Bryce the bum Harper, who can't hit above 250 in a great matchup. Um, Votto not hitting for power. Dietrich, you know, if you told me early in the year, Dietrich would be the, the best ga- best player in this game to, to possibly target here. Um, I'd be shocked. But how do you see this game lining up? I think we can grab some bats from this game. Is there anybody that you're targeting right off the top? Well, this slate is rich with caramel nougat and Rice Krispies. This is something I want to chew on, but I don't think I'm going to get my fill here. I have actually no play in this game. Eflin is coming back off a stint on the IL. I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's too volatile with the with the bats going on in Cincinnati, and then just. Listen, at any time, any of these Philadelphia bats can break out. Don't think just because it's the first week of June that, that Bryce Harper automatically becomes, you know, Bill Allman or Tim Tuffle for my older fans. So uh, right away, this is no play for me, seeing as to how there are so many other games on the slate for today, Friday. Yeah, I think Votto at $2,900 on FanDuel, Dietrich at 3000 If Cesar Hernandez is, you know, at the top of the lineup at 2800 you can look to go with some one-offs here. I don't think either team lines up as a full stack, but for some one-offs, I see some, you know, I see some value here to get Votto in, in a hitter's park versus a not so great pitcher. It makes some sense, but for full stacks, I agree with Matt. There's probably better spots. So let's go into uh, Toronto. You got Stroman versus Kelly. Stroman has been battling, has a couple rough starts, but these Arizona bats don't really, you know, do much for me. This is pretty much a stay-away spot. Um, I really don't like these Toronto bats. They've been losing me money all year long. <laughs> they really don't have too much power here. So I'm, for the most part, crossing off this game, unless you want to kind of sell me otherwise. No, this is also a no play for me. Uh, Merrill Kelly, I like. He gets moved up in the rotation to give Granky a day or two more rest. Stroman's pitching to a 2.8 ERA, but he gets little run support. And while I've said this before, I have multiple lineups, and I will always spend a few bucks, and I will get Vladi in a lineup, and I maybe will match him with, like, a Teoscar Hernandez. But I'm not really looking to this game to... Uh, flush out my lineups. This is a no-play game for me, but if you wanted to, you could grab Guerrero and Teoscar Hernandez in a nice little mini stack just to see if you can't help yourself out. Yeah, then we're heading to uh, Boston. It's looking like Chirinos is going to get the nod in for, with Tampa, and you got Porcello for Boston. For the most part, Chirinos has been battling you know, not really letting up a ton of runs, and it turns into a bullpen game, and they're going righty-lefty, you know, getting those better matchups for the pitchers. Boston, I don't like a lot in this spot. I think there's better spots for your stacks. I won't hate anybody who, who takes, you know, a Boston bat or two. I can't really trust Porcello um, versus Tampa bats. So, again, you know, I wish I can give you some better information, but – for me, this is another game that I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from from both pitching and for hitting. 
But if I had to lean one side, I would lean with these Red Sox. You know, grabbing a guy like Devers or, or Betts or Martinez, they're always in play. If, it, if it's Torino's, though, you know, I, I can't tell you one way or another if I really feel strong about stacking up against uh, Torino's. But do you like any of these Boston bats? Do you like Porcello potentially? Or are you staying away from this game as well? So a friend of mine listens to the show, and she said to me that she loves the fact that I'm not afraid to say no play on a lot of games because it's my money, and I got to put it in the smart place. Uh, I, I can't be comfortable with Boston bats because Tampa Bay's bullpen and their pitching staff altogether are actually prohibitive. So I would maybe want to look at some Tampa bats because Boston's bullpen hasn't been what it's supposed to be. But again, like I said about Harper, tomorrow, I'm sorry, Friday today could be the day that Boston turns it around. And if they do it on your dime, you're going to be angry. So this is a no play for me because of the uncertainty of the situation. Yeah, I agree. Like for a couple one-offs, if you're you're entering multiple lineups, they make some sense because, you know, Torino's can get blown up just like any other pitcher and he's not a dominant pitcher, but it's not a team that I'm looking to target right off the bat. Um, in the next game, we might be able to get some pitching, though. You got Soroka, who's been, you know, the bright spot on his Atlanta staff, and he's going against Arena. Miami, somehow, some way, scored, you know, 10 runs in consecutive games. They, they blew up Milwaukee's pitching staff. They cooled off um, today. I mean, on Thursday, they cooled off a bit. But, you know, you can't really trust these Miami bats. So I think Soroka, he's a little bit expensive on FanDuel, though, at 10-8. You know, he's going to be in that upper echelon as far as pricing goes. And you got some good pitchers coming up that we were about to talk about that have proven a little bit more consistency year over year, a little bit more strikeout potential. But I, I won't hate anybody playing Soroka. Obviously, I'm not taking these Marlins bats. And Arena's been better. So I'm not really attacking these Atlanta bats really, you know, in a pitcher's ballpark. Do you see Soroka? You know, being on the top end with a guy like DeGrom or a guy like Cole, or do you think Cole and DeGrom and, you know, these other guys up top, Boyd, are in a better matchup than a guy like Soroka? Well, here's the thing. The the universe has kind of been misaligned after what Miami did to Milwaukee. Uh, Normally, yes, Soroka would be my chalky-chalky here. But listen, Miami is one of the best teams over the last month. Uh, I would like Soraka. I would like some Atlanta bats. And one other note is that Urena is the guy that had the deal with Acuna. Uh, I think it was early last season. Or was it this season? I don't know. They all bleed together. This is my first day on the planet. But uh, that's going to be interesting to me. But uh, I would stay away from Soraka just because of the way Miami's been swinging a bat. But I might look to put together an Atlanta bat stack against Urena for this game. Yeah, I think Atlanta could come in a little bit sneaky. You know, it's a pitcher's park. Arena hasn't been terrible. I think Atlanta, you know, on a big slate like this, they don't get the ownership. So if you want to do a GPP stack with Atlanta, I, I can I can stand with you on that. It won't be my first or my second favorite stack, but, you know, I can see them coming in at very low ownership and maybe, you know, winning some people money. And at 10-8 with Soroka, it's tough, you know, based on what you just said, you got Kershaw in a matchup versus the Giants, DeGrom versus Colorado, Cole versus Baltimore, you know, three top-tier pitchers versus yeah. some some not-so-great offenses in the same price range. 
that I think I'd rather take either the savings and go to Grom or, you know, pay up a little bit and get Garrett Cole. But we'll talk about them soon. You know, we're going to head to Detroit. We got Matt Boyd, who's been one of the best pitchers in the AL, been consistently, you know, striking out a bunch of guys on each, you know, each game he faces against Kyle Gibson. Gibson, on the other hand, he's he's on the road in Detroit. How do you see this breaking out? Is, is it a pitcher's duel? Minnesota's been getting to pretty much every team as of late. Kepler hit three home runs, you know, on Thursday night. So this is a spot that you might want to attack with Boyd. But Minnesota's been so good that they've been blowing up every pitcher. So do you feel confident starting a guy like Boyd versus Minnesota at home? No, not at all. It's actually the other way around. Kyle Gibson has been sneaky, sneaky this year. And uh, if the Twins can chase Boyd, not the, and Boyd's good, but he's not the Boyd who we thought he was, uh, that Tiger bullpen ranks amongst the worst in OPS against. They rank the worst in ERA. Uh, yeah, I like Gibson, and I like twin bats. Interesting about the Twins, they have a current team slugging percentage that is rivaled only by the 1927 New York Yankees. Like the twins are just mashing the ball. And like I said, Detroit's bullpen is not wonderful. Uh, I would not be offended by a Kyle Gibson play as well as a Twinkie bat stack. Yeah. I like Gibson, you know, at the, he comes in at a big discount um, yeah. at 8,800 from the rest of these guys. He has, he's in line for the win. You know, I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I kind of, you know, geared towards the better team in Minnesota. Boyd is going to be $1,300 more expensive than him. I think they're pretty much, you know, at the same level of skill and K potential with the matchup. Gibson gets the nod. So I would play Gibson ahead of Boyd and take the discount. I do agree with you. You know, he's probably going to be one of your better value plays of the day. But, you know, when playing value, you know, as far as pitching goes, can that value guy hang in that upper echelon with a DeGrom or Cole or Kershaw, that's what you got to be asking yourself because you still want to get, you don't want to grab your value really from pitching if they're going to be 20, 30 points below, you know, those right. top tier arms. So you want to be careful with that. But I do like Gibson. You know, he has some upside. Detroit does not scare me at all. So I like, I like what you said with, you know, grabbing Gibson and the Minnesota stack does make some sense. If they can knock Boyd out early, you know, they can, they knocked, they knocked Trevor Bauer around on Thursday, so they can knock Bauer around, and they shouldn't have too much trouble with Boyd. Um, now we're heading into New York. We got DeGrom, who left his start a little bit early in his last start versus Nutella. Can you trust DeGrom? DeGrom? Can you pay up for DeGrom coming off his little hip injury? It was called a cramp. We don't really know if he's on any kind of pitch count. We don't know if there's a clear-cut um, decision on how long he's going to go. If he's healthy, he's been a little bit shaky, you know, all year long. He was he was blowing through some Arizona bats. He had seven Ks and six and two thirds, only giving up one on run. Looked like he was coming back, and then they pulled him for some hip issues. Can you trust a guy like Degrom, or do you like a guy like Degrom, knowing that maybe you know some money would be scared off him? I like the matchup. I'll take the matchup all day long against Colorado in New York. But can you trust him is the question. Have you heard anything about him? 
Well, it's a loaded question that you ask. Can I trust Jacob DeGrom? Yes. Can I trust the New York Mets organization currently? That I'm not so sure about. Mickey Calloway's coming under fire, and just there just seems to be this, and it's every year with the Mets, and it's every year with the Jets, and that's what you get for living in New York. There's this air of uncertainty, and I don't like putting my money in a situation where I cannot control it. That's why I like stats like FIP over ERA, for instance, because it takes into consideration things you cannot control. If I put my money on DeGrom and I cannot control a Mickey Callaway move, or I cannot control the fact that those Mets will not give him run support, or I cannot control the fact that they pull him and at the end of the fifth inning or the top of the sixth inning, no, I'm too concerned, I'm too scared, I'm not putting my money here, no play. Yeah, I think for cash... It's a tough equation. It's really tough. You know, I wouldn't go 100% him in cash, but they give you a little discount on FanDuel. I think he's price dependent. I think in GPP, you can play anybody in GPP. So feel free to play him in GPPs. I avoid both bats. Sensatella has been, you know, he's been good so far this year. He hasn't really been blown up. These Mets bats haven't really been doing much. Um, So I wouldn't stack against either either of these pitchers. I think you save the ground for GPPs and then maybe split exposure in some cash games. So if he has a good game, he gets that leash, you know, maybe you let him go in like 30, 40% of your cash games just to have some exposure in case he has a, uh, you know, 2018 DeGrom game. Um, <laughs> we have this game now in Cleveland. You got German versus Plesak here. Cleveland's been quietly one of the worst hitting teams. You know, everyone keeps putting money behind them because they hear names like Ramirez and Lindor, but they're really not showing up. German's coming in with a slight discount at 8,100. I do have Gibson ahead of him at 8,800, so I'd rather play. I'd rather pay up to get that little bit of safety. But, you know, German has these games where he strikes out a bunch of people. Cleveland doesn't scare me. Plesak on the, on the backside of it, he's been good so far this year, but I really don't want to play him against the Yankees. He had seven Ks in his last start, went seven innings, so he's a little bit stretched out. In his first game versus Boston, went, you know, five innings, two strikeouts. Um, it's a weird game to peg. You know, I see German maybe providing some value versus a weaker, you know, hitting lineup, but not a game that I'm, like, too happy to, to play anybody in. Do you got any kind of feeling here on German? Do you like the strikeout, uh, strikeout upside versus Cleveland? Do you like the Yankee bats versus Plesak? I'm kind of in the middle. For me right now, if I had to make a choice, I would just stay away from this game. But do you see something differently here? Uh, The same caution with which I approach the Mets. The exact opposite is how I approach the New York Yankees. They are happy to get out of Toronto, and they need to go and beat up on a team. And uh, signs point to it being here on Friday. I like Herman. I like Yankee bats. I just think things are in disarray in Cleveland. Zach Plesak is fun and he's sexy, but I mean, he's a kid, you know, and and honestly, how far into the game is he going to go? Is he going to be intimidated by these Yankee bats? I mean, LeMahieu is on a tear. I I do not mind throwing a little bit of money on Herman and a little bit of money on some Yankee stacks. But remember, I play more than one lineup. So be leery of how you stack and where you stack. You know, don't shoot your load, pardon the crass expression, on one lineup. Play two or three. You know, have, what are you going to play today? You're going to play 20 bucks? You're going to play 50 bucks? You're going to play 150 bucks? Choose wisely. Now, that makes a lot of sense. On a, on a big slate like to, you know, on Friday, there's going to be 
a couple games that, you know, we can target. I think, like you said, New York could be one of them. You know, we spoke about a couple teams earlier. There's going to be a couple games here coming up that make a lot of sense to me. So, you know, sh- you know, spread your exposure out. Instead of putting all, like you said, 50 or 100 bucks on one lineup, you know, baseball is a good sport to, to kind of start throwing some variable lineups out, two, three, four lineups, where you can get exposure to different teams. Now we got uh, Oakland going into Texas. Brandon Anderson versus Lance Lynn. Matt, have you seen Lance Lynn's, you know, game logs? Do you see what this guy is doing? Did you ever think this was humanly possible for Lance Lynn to do what he's doing so far this year? Well, I'm an old Cardinal fan, so I have a soft spot for Lance Lynn. And it's funny because three weeks ago, uh, my buddy and I, we like to sit on the phone and just look at each other's waiver wires and say, I'm going to pick up this guy and pick up that guy. I picked up Lance Lynn three weeks ago. And he's just been paying dividends. But with that said, I may stack some A's bats here. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm leaning towards it. But as I look at the slate, there's other places where I should put my money. And this is called a think aloud in teaching. I just talked myself out of perhaps putting some money somewhere where it doesn't belong. I liked some A's bats. And then I talked myself out of it because on the slate, there's safer places to put my money. Remember, it's gambling, but you got to be smart with how you gamble your money. Uh, no play here for me on this game. It'll be fun to watch, though. If you're a game log watcher, um, you see Lance Lynn, 44 points in his last star, 43, 58, 43-40, 18-55, <laughs> negative. Do you know who that negative five was versus? It was against these very Oakland Athletics. There you go. Eight earned runs and, and three and a third. Listen, this was his one blemish of the year. You know, we don't know what kind of food he ate that day, what happened. <laughs> but, you know, outside of that game, the guy's been a stud. But like you said, you know, this is baseball. Everybody can have a bad day. It might be a spot where people avoid these Oakland bats. I think it has a lot to do with the weather. If yeah. it's hot on Friday night in Texas, no pitcher is safe. It's a little bit cooler or the wind's blowing in, you know, make some, you know, make some sense and maybe jump back on the Lynn train. I think he will go definitely under owned at 9,600 going to pay up and, you know, grab that discount. So the guy's been pretty much on fire. One of the best pitchers in the AL that nobody really has respected as of late. You know, we talked about Ryu where it took, I don't think he's on his level at this point, but he's been doing some impressive things. So, and the A's been kind of quiet, but, Texas, that Texas heat can break out a lot of guys out of the slump. So I think a lot of exposure is going to go on this game. And I think there's some tough decisions on do you want to stack against a guy who's been pitching really great or do you want to, you know, maybe take a shot on Lance Lynn and hopefully these Oakland Athletics, you know, don't do much. Um, but I think the Texas stack is firmly in play. you got Anderson coming off, you know, some kind of an oblique injury. So we don't know how long he's going to go. So I think it's a potential, you know, stack of the Texas. I think they're going to come in pretty highly owned. But, you know, they have more power from the left side, and Anderson's a lefty. So do you like a Texas stack here? Do you like an Andrus, maybe a Chu, Mazzara, the lineup of the Shields, Odor? Who do you like if you're stacking up Texas here? Well, you're actually – you talked me into a little Texas stack, and and I like that you did it. Uh, I always like Chu. I always like him at the top of the order because he's going to give me perhaps one extra at bat. 
Uh, I'm noticing that the shields is valuable with some stolen bases. Mizara is an animal. Uh, you can definitely try to get Odor on the cheap as well. And as far as you made a point about Lance Lynn, uh, let's revisit this. But Lance Lynn may be this month's Martin Perez. So let's keep an eye on that. Yeah, there's been a lot of resurgent pitchers from Lynn to, like you said, Perez, a guy like, you know, we mentioned early in Minnesota. There, there's guys all over there having these years that you're going to see an all-star pitching staff of guys that you never would have thought would become all-stars. Because I think Lance Lynn might get the nod right now. I think Boyd might get the nod. Gibson might get the nod. There's these guys that came out just being, you know, they change up the game. They see these hitters all changing their launch angles and this, that, and the other thing. So they change their game to attack these things. So a guy like Lynn might be on the all-star team, which I don't think anybody would have, you know, put out there to start this season. So I think grab some Texas bats. Check out the weather. If it's super hot, you know, on Friday night, you want to attack this game as much as possible. But let's move on to the next game. Probably your your best pitching uh, play of the night. You got Garrett Cole going against Baltimore at home versus Yanoa. This is probably a spot where you stack the Astros, you pitch Garrett Cole, and, and you hope for a 10-0 game and Cole to cruise through. Cole, even in his bad starts, he's still getting you 7-8 Ks. He's going to have the highest K rate, you know, going into the slate tomorrow um, or Friday night. Sorry, we're doing this late on Thursday. Um, Cole's pretty consistent. He's had a couple of games where he had a couple off games, you know, in two of his last three starts. But he has potential to break out and do a, you know, a 50, 60 point game pretty easily. I think he's going to be the most owned pitcher in cash because the Grom has some issues. Yep. So I think you grab Cole in cash, you play it safe. You know, you always have the Grom there for a little bit of discount, but with that injury, we really don't know much. And sexy pick the last week or so, you know, for stacks, but I'm not stacking, you know, against Cole. And I think Houston is definitely going to be in play from a stack perspective. Guys like Reddick, Brantley, Bregman, um, round out the stack here. I think, you know, it's a full go with uh, Astros bats. Do you feel the same way, Matt? You know, uh, I'm uh, going to stack uh, against uh, the Orioles uh, in this one. Uh, yeah, no, of course. Uh, yeah, all day long it's Astro Bats. All day long it's Cole. I don't mind that he's chalk. I don't mind that I have to pay up for him. This is a game where, again, unless you talk yourself out of it, this is the chalk and the chalk is the hawk, and I have to feel safe putting my money somewhere. I will definitely have a lineup. That is Cole, Astrobats, and then maybe one other safe stack. That's going to be my safe lineup here today for Friday, all day. I think your your safe stack comes in the next game. You got Brandon Woodruff uh, in Milwaukee at home versus Pittsburgh Pirates, and they got this guy called Rookie Davis. I don't know yes. anything about this guy. Um, I'm assuming he's a rookie if he's being called rookie. Uh, pitching out of the bullpen a little bit through inning here, inning there. It looks like it's going to be a bullpen game for the Pirates. You know, guys like Yelich, Kane, Braun, Shaw, Moustakis, anybody you want from his honor is going to be in play. They're probably going to be the highest on stack, I would assume, between them and Houston. It's a it's an obvious play. You have a bullpen starter, Cincinnati. I mean, Pittsburgh's, you know, pitching staff, nothing to, to be scared of out of the bullpen. I think you stack these. Brewers, I think Woodruff for a discount at 8,600, you know, makes some sense too. 
He's probably going to be coming in as one of the highest favorites. He's had game logs where he's pitched, you know, he got 10Ks, 9Ks, 7Ks, 6Ks, 5Ks. So he has that strikeout potential. He's going to be in line for the win. If he can get you that quality start, he can be in the 40, 50 point range at 8,600. He's probably one of your best discounted plays. I think it's very close. And I might even lean Woodruff over Gibson pretty much at the same price because you have a better shot at the win, I would think, with Woodruff over uh, Gibson. So I like these Milwaukee bats a lot, and I like Woodruff for a value play. Um, do you know anything? Do you know much about this guy, Davis? Do you know how Pittsburgh is sure. going to be a straight bullpen game? What are we looking at here? So rookie Davis is a guy I remember was a late September call-up, not last year, but the year before. Uh, that's 2017. The only thing with Pittsburgh's pitching staff is – I like to watch them because I'm a big Ray Searage fan. He's the pitching coach for the Pirates, and he just does wonders with people. But that's as far as this goes. Uh, I agree with you that, that Woodruff is a great play here. His record is, is great. I think the Brewers at home really want to get the taste of Miami out of their mouth. Brewers bats. Woodruff is a fantastic value play. Just as a Cole and the Houston bats are such the obvious in the previous game, in another lineup, you want to go TJ Maxx. You want to go, you know, Marshalls. You want to go true value shopping. And Brandon Woodruff, although his record, no one should be sleeping on him. I think he's like 7-1. and one. But, uh, yeah, he's certainly a great value play. And Milwaukee Bats will certainly be in play in this game as well for me on Friday. All right. I think, you know, stacking this game makes a lot of sense. The ball flies out in Milwaukee. If he can just avoid Bell, he's in a good spot. Uh, on Friday night. Now we got a game of these guys just matched up, you know, I think about a week, a week and a half ago. You got Yvonne Nova versus Homer <laughs> Bailey, Kansas City versus Chicago. Two teams that I like to pitch against, but I don't know if I can take the plunge here all the way down to Nova or Bailey. They're coming in, and, you know, really cheap on FanDuel. 6,800 for Nova, 6,000 for Bailey. Bailey's had some good starts to start the year. Then some shaky starts, and he's had some decent starts as of late. But I don't think it's worth going down. I, I would lean Bailey at 6,000 on FanDuel. You know, if you really feel a need to get some bats, he makes some sense. At 6,000, your expectation is to get you 30 points. He definitely has the potential to get, get you 30 points. He got 25 in a, in a range-shortened start, you know, versus White Sox. And two starts ago when he went four and third and got five Ks. So... I don't hate the play. I like to play better on a two-pitcher site if you got to go and get that deep discount. So you can't really trust Bailey. His ceiling is kind of capped out around 40 points. But at 6K, if you get the right two stacks and it happen to be a pricey stack and Bailey gets you 35 points against his White Sox lineup in a pitcher's park, you might have a very, very, very low-owned guy. And if the Grom gets pulled early – and Baltimore gets the call a little bit at 6K. He's cheap. He's really, really is cheap. So it does make some sense to me. I don't like any of these bats, even though you know you're, you're facing off against two mediocre pitchers at best. These, these Kansas City bats and these White Sox bats don't do much for me. So the only play I really see in this game, if you want to be sneaky and grab that discount, is Bailey. Can you get behind Bailey in a, in a GPP lineup? Or are you just going to stay away? 
Yeah, my dad taught me when I was young, you get what you pay for. Both of these pitchers are pitching uh, over a 6 ERA. I think Bailey's is just over 6, while Nova, I think, is at a 6-2 or something like that. Um, If you find yourself in a lineup, you know when you're at a lineup and there's like three slots left or four slots left and it says uh, $2,900 per player remaining or whatever it is, and what you start to do is you start to look for $2,900 players. Uh, I think you could find a sexy little socks stack here. Uh, I, I like what some of the bats are doing. I would stay away from Kansas City just because uh, with Dozier going on the IL, Gordon sliding up, Solaire needing to produce. Uh, there could be a lot of runs scored in this game. And if you feel tempted to do so, find yourselves a, a shy sock stack. But other than that, you know, like I said, you get what you pay for. Maybe, maybe you just stay away from this. You know, I'm leaning on staying away, and if I make this dream lineup somehow and I need a a really (laughs) cheap pitcher, he would be my guy. But I think on DraftKings, if you want to go, you know, heavy up top with bats and you want to get a cheap SP2, I think Bailey could make some sense. Um, Now we're going into L.A. The Angels have been playing a lot better as of late. Seattle has been playing pretty terrible as of late. You got Heaney versus Gonzalez, two lefties lining up. He's got two starts on the year, both of them being really impressive. He's been a you know a top prospect for a while. Keeps on getting injured, but he just faced these Mariners in his last start about a week ago. He went six innings, three earned runs, but he got 10 Ks. In his first start, he got eight Ks against Texas. He is kind of pricey, though. At 9,400, it's a tough decision to be made because, again, you can get a guy like Woodruff a little bit cheaper, you can get a guy like DeGrom or Cole a little bit more expensive. I think he's in a weird spot at 9,600. If he was in the 8,000 range, I kind of like him more than Woodruff. But since he's more expensive than Woodruff, it's a tough call. I, I, I project them to be both you know, in that same 35 to 40 point range. So if I need the discount, I'll go to Woodruff. If I have the extra money, I don't, sp- I don't mind spending on Heaney here. He's been pretty good as of late. But if I, you know, if I want to play a little bit safer in cash games, I think Cole is the play in cash. What, have you had any advanced scouting on Heaney? Do you feel like he's in that upper echelon versus a, a weak Seattle lineup, or does Enwin and a couple other bats scare you too much off him? Yeah, I, I would not throw Haney in the upper echelon. His past couple of starts have been good, but not good enough for me to throw my money at. What has been proven for me to throw my money at is that Marco Gonzalez is a fly ball pitcher and if it's going to be a warm night in Anaheim there are plenty of angel bats that I would not mind grabbing here uh, obviously you're going to pay up for Mike Trout and things like that but I just think that Gonzalez's propensity to give up the fly ball is something I can't ignore this will be at the bottom of my lineup a nice little angel stack maybe in my second or third lineup of the day let me ask you a question what's you up G- buddy you, you see Gonzalez he's a lefty Who do you pick to round out this stack? When you stack the Angels, right? Here's a tough question. Angels got, you know, they're facing lefty. You, you, the easy choice, you throw, you throw Trout on there. Who do you stack around him? This guy Puello? Do you go with Pujols? Do you go Otani with the reverse split? Do you go David Fletcher? Who are you grabbing? Do you go all the way down to a guy like Lucroy or this guy Rangifo? Who are you stacking with Trout? So here's my thing. People use this term stack, and I have conversations with people a lot. People think that a stack is just three guys from the same team. That's not how I do it. 
I like to stack guys that are that are consecutive in the batting order so that I can reap all of the stats. So if I'm if I'm playing my stack around Trout, I want to see who's hitting in front of him and who's hitting behind him. Uh, sometimes I like to do something a little different. I like to maybe build a stack around a Tommy LaStella. I'm making it up. Or a David Fletcher or a Otani. And if I can find Trout in there, I will. But I don't want to paint myself into a corner by building around Trout, having to spend a lot on Trout, and then having to fill in the stack around him. And now I'm left with trying to find a $2,400 outfielder to fill in a, a, a lineup. So you're saying you've at times stacked these angels without trout? Absolutely. Uh, it oh, all depends no, man. on you're crazy, pitching. man. You're crazy. I, I I find myself hard to even stack these angels. I can never stack these angels without trout. If you've been stacking around Tommy Lastella for the last seems like seven weeks, you've been doing okay. And also I'd like to I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to see what the bottom of that angels order is doing. A lot of people sleep on a number nine hitter, but you forget a number nine hitter can turn over a lineup and that becomes a nine, one, two stack. I've won many, many late West coast games with a nine, one, two stack, usually with Malik Smith in my nine, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. A guy like Rangifo and Puello, I don't know if I'm saying their names right, but they've been showing this doubles power, getting on base a lot. They were in my stack. I don't mind building around La Stella, but anytime I stack the angels, I go ahead and get trout. Uh, sure. Unless I think he's going to be super, super, super chalk, and I'm trying to be different in the lineup. But let's not spend too much more time. We got uh, a game in, in San Diego, Marjevis versus uh, Fede here. I want to I wanna just rely on you on this one. These two pitchers, what do they do for you? I'm not really attacking too many bats in San Diego. Do you, do you like either of these two pitchers? For me, it's pretty much a stay-away spot. Due to pricing, due to the other guys we mentioned earlier, do you see something differently here? Do you see a reason to take either one of them, or is it a stay-away spot as well? Yeah, listen, it's the ballpark, it's the pitchers, and it's the opportunities and options that I'm presented with around this game. Again, if I want to throw money just to throw money, I did that when I was in college. You know, I've learned you don't just throw money to throw money. You're better off throwing it back in your pocket. This is that game here. Nats at Padres, no play for me. Yeah, I don't think we have to talk too much about it. We'll go under-owned. Um, these pitches will go under-owned. The bats will go under-owned. But it's a stay-away spot for me. Uh, we got the last game on the slate now. We got Clayton Kershaw. I'm seeing mixed reports on who's pitching here. Do you see Samarja or are you seeing some are you seeing Pomerantz here? You know, yeah, for I'm seeing I'm seeing Pomerantz as well. And honestly, I could see Rick Russell, I could see Dave Dravecki, I could see Atley Hammerker. It's not going to matter. How many words can we come up with that rhyme with chalk? Balk, cock, hawk, fuck. Like this is just just come on. This is where your money has to go. And when you say money has to go, I'm a little bit confused. Are you saying you're lining up and taking Kershaw, or are you taking these Dodgers bats versus anybody? Both, 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 both. This is one of those like like Garrett Cole against uh, Baltimore. If I can find a complete set, which is what I call the pitcher and a stack, I'm taking it, and I'm not going to overthink it. I want to wake up on Saturday morning and go, oh, look. I was wrong about Clayton, Clayton Kershaw as opposed to, oh, look, my gamble on Ivan Nova blew up in my face. I feel much better. Kershaw, Dodger bats, even though it's in San Francisco, 
it still is just something that you can't help but throw your money at it, in my opinion. So if we had to rate Kershaw versus Cole versus DeGrom, who do you think has the best night on Friday night? Well, the numbers say it should be Cole against Baltimore. Uh, The only reason I put Cole ahead of Kershaw is just because of the park. And, uh, you know, it it could be a a dreary night out there in San Francisco. But um, I don't know. I'm going to go with Cole just because of the matchup. Kershaw, a razor-thin second. And you have DeGrom following him up? Uh, I don't really love DeGrom. I think Kyle Gibson might be a little sexier. Uh, Woodruff could be sexy. DeGrom's there. But again, like I said, he could get pulled in the fifth or sixth inning and you throw your shoe at the television. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense, especially, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm not watching this game. Game four of the NBA Finals. We're having an event, you know, in New York City on Friday night. I hope I'm watching that. My best nights, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my best nights in any sport is when I'm not paying attention at all. When Isn't I'm that crazy? Couch, Same here, man. Same here. When I'm sitting on the couch, flipping through every channel, flipping through my phone, flipping through my laptop, everything's going wrong. But if I have plans and I'm not checking my phone, I'm not checking my games, I'm just hanging out with I'm with my friends or my wife or playing softball or, you know, at a different event. Those are my nights where I just flip on my phone every like two or three hours. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm winning a bunch of money right now. Let me not <laughs> check anything else. That's my best night. And I'm hoping to have that. So tomorrow is going to be a celebration. We're having a, a launch party for the website, for the book. And uh, we're hanging out in Brother Jimmy's in New York City. Scott's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Matt, I hope you be, you're going to be there as well. We're packing out the house with a couple hundred people. We're going to have fantasy events, live cash prizes, free food, free entry, um, a lot of things going on. Anybody can stop by. It's in New York City. If you need directions, at Brother Jimmy's on Lexington. Um, I hope to see you there tomorrow. One more thing before we go out, just tell the listeners your top three stacks of, of Friday night. Who do you have at the top? Who do you have as number two? Who's your, you want to go sneaky with your third one? Who's your top three stacks for Friday night? All right. Top three stacks for Friday night. I am going to go with Houston Astro bats. I am going to go with LA Dodger bats and I am going to go with a, a choice of Milwaukee Brewer bats or do I want to say Yankee bats or twin bats? There you go. I snuck in. I don't know how many I was only supposed to give you three. I think I gave you six. Yeah, I agree with Milwaukee and Houston, you know, fighting for that top spot. I think depending on how hot it is in Texas, I think Texas or even Oakland against Lance Lynn could be pretty, you know, pretty strong. And then I think Boston could be your sneaky stack. If, you know, Chirinos gets off to a bad start, then Tampa Bay is not going to come in with their their best relievers. They're going to kind of cough up the game and, you know, wait for the next day. So I think Boston slides ahead of me again, you know, over the Yankees. And then I think these Angels, one of these late games are going to go off. I think either the Angels or the Dodgers kind of break out and they make a late run at some of these earlier games. So like Matt said, you know, we kind of agree on Milwaukee and Houston. And I think between the Angels, the Dodgers, the Yankees and the Red Sox, I think that's where a lot of the other action is going to go. So We hope to see as many of you who live in the tri-state area in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, in New York City on Friday night. If not, you know, I hope you enjoy the games and make some money. 
Matt, I hope I see you on Friday night as well. So, you know, thank you guys for listening. Matt, any final uh, thoughts before we get out of here? No, I know that there are people driving from Boston to be a part of this thing tonight, which I think is fantastic. And last but not least, Jay Bird, you got to get me on your softball team, man. I play second base. I play outfield. Let's do this. Oh, you play some ball, brother? Yeah, man. Come on now. All right, all right. I had this baby... My wife's not been a big fan of me playing these softball tournaments, but like, <laughs> but we play like we when we play softball. It's not like your beer league softball. These are like athletes. Some yeah. guys are are all jokes aside are are taking a little bit too seriously. We travel like my team is going to Rhode Island, you know, on Saturday, and they're playing all day Saturday and all day Sunday. We travel to Florida. We travel to Arizona. Every year we go to Ocean City. So. If you're going to come play with us, it's going to get serious and people are going to be arguing and fighting and people are taking steroids to play better. It's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous what people are doing as grown men at 30 and 40 years old, playing with these young boys at 25, and we're out there like animals. I've tore my rotator cuff, tore my UCL off my thumb, broken multiple oh fingers. It's, it's, it's pretty chaotic, but I want to see you out there this summer. We'll start you in one of the... The, like the league ball games, and, and if you can hold your own, then we'll take uh, you to some of these uh, tournaments. Well, it sounds violent. I think I should just stick to wrestling. That and trying to get my girlfriend to not kill me, I think, is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, softball is fun, man. I'm really competitive, and you know, I played sports all my life, so softball was the easy transition after college. And sure. I've been playing for like 10, 15 years now. It's fun, man. There, there's fun games, then there's serious games, and there's people who take it way too serious. But uh, I'm going to see you out there. I'll get you to one of these games. You know, we play usually Mondays or Wednesdays during the week. So next time I need a player, you'll be the first call I make. And I take my DFS seriously. I'll get into a fight with someone over DFS. That's not a problem at all. <laughs> all right, man. I got you back, brother. All right. Uh, show's over, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's have a good weekend, and we're out. <laughs>